Muscle Radio, Kansas City's talk show for throttle junkies, motorheads, and anyone who loves rocking the driver's seat. From barn fresh to concour ready, Road Muscle Radio parks the latest news, the greatest views, and the biggest names in rolling thunder right in your ears. Let's welcome your show hosts, a freelance automotive journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, and owner of a sweet 1960 Corvette and a smoking 61 Impala, Brett Hatfield, and 30-plus year radio veteran, author, playwright, lousy karaoke singer, and lover of fat and freaky American classic cars, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's put the pedal to the metal. Road Muscle Radio is on the air. We're back with another edition of Road Muscle Radio. I'm Catfish Groves with Brett Hatfield. Howdy. And Brett, you've had a, a kind of a fun week car-wise. Uh, I have. You know, I keep fiddling with my own stuff, but the highlight of the week was going to Cars and Coffee at Stonegate Motor Plaza. Yeah, I didn't get to go. And I'm like, oh, because last time I went, it was so fun, and the cars were so cool. Well, and I got tied up at home a little bit Saturday morning, Uh-oh. and I didn't get out there until late, but that turned out to be perfect timing. No coffees, just cars? Uh, got there as most people were leaving, but I promised some people I'd be out there. And I went, and I looked, and they'd already taken off. But there was a guy there named Steve Reed. Okay. Steve has a 2007 Superformance. 427 Cobra. Oh. Yeah, with nice. a true Roush 427R race motor in it, 550 horse in oh, a little 20, in a roller skate in a 2400 pound car. <laughs> and I've talked to Steve before. I've looked at this car before. I've got a burning flame in my heart for this car, <laughs> and I finally got Steve to take me for a joyride in it. Oh, you got to you got to ride. So I'm I'm sure it was a nice, quiet little thing down the country lanes. Yeah, down there yeah, near real, Stonegate. real, uh, yeah. re, real Super quiet mellow. and reserved. And yeah, let me tell you something. <laughs> I've owned a lot of cars. I've owned a lot of fast cars. I've never owned anything that scared the hell out of me like this does. <laughs> you know, real speed is expressed in horsepower to weight. And this thing is only carrying about a little under 4.4 pounds per horsepower. Now, a brand new ZR1 that's 755 horse carries 4.9 pounds for horsepower. Oh, wow. So you're talking about something that doesn't have any of the electronic things that would intercede if you got yourself in trouble. There's no traction control. There's no ABS. There are no airbags. There are no crumple zones. All you got is a lap belt and doors that only come that don't even come up to your shoulder. Not even close. Good times. Yeah. And this thing <laughs> flew. I've never been a, I'm sitting there at one point, and he's getting on it pretty good, and he's this Steve's a good driver. He knows what he's doing. And I'm thinking, the lap belt isn't going to save me. This just helps a first responder find the corpse. <laughs> That's all this is there for. Nice. And it was stupid. It was fast. It was scary. It was unhinged. And I want it. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas list, boom. I, I want the damn there thing. There it is. I want it bad enough. I would consider trading some of my stuff oh. to get my hands on it. Yeah, well, probably not the smartest decision I've ever made. And I'm quite sure my wife wants to check up on my life insurance if I buy this. <laughs> 
She so. may she may be making it as an investment in uh, her future daddy. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> if she'd like to spend the rest of her life, you know, sitting on a beach in Fiji, this is a great way to do it. Let me buy this Cobra. Probably be a good way to get there. Let's find out what's happening in the rest of the world. Get your brain in gear for what's going on. Time for what's news on Road Muscle Radio. Well. Cadillac thought they were going to move to New York and stand up on their own, oh, kind yeah. of like a Play bird leaving. Big boys yeah, in New York, bird leaving the nest, or yeah. you know, a kid uh, finally moving out of his parents' house. And five years later, they're moving back to Detroit. Don't <laughs> didn't work <laughs> hey, out. You know, so well. sometimes there's no place like home. Well, the thing was, Cadillac wanted to differentiate themselves from the rest of GM as right. a standalone luxury brand. They wanted to be. Unto themselves. And I kind of get, you know, obviously, the cachet of between, uh, God bless you, Detroit and, say, oh, New York. Well, and they wanted to Slightly be different vibe. people who are seeking luxury cars, right. buy upscale stuff. And I understand every bit of that motivation. But part of the problem was they get there. Communication now suffers because they're no longer in town. Uh, you've got new inefficiencies. They're still seeking uh, some amount of governance and also financing from GM back home in Detroit. Right. And it just didn't work out. So they're moving back to uh, Michigan <laughs> now, uh, which is kind of unfortunate for Cadillac in that they've had to undergo the expense and the trouble of going through this stuff. But – you know, bring them back under the GM umbrella, have everybody where they belong. I don't think anybody's ever going to be confused by the idea that Cadillac is a luxury brand. No, and well, and there's such a difference between, you know, Cadillac still has that kind of American feel about it. And they're beautiful cars, and uh, the, the big ones are beautiful too. Yeah. But, you know, the difference between that and some big honking Mercedes, there's – well, and there's you're just not going to cross that line. If you're looking for a luxury sedan, there is a differentiation to be made between Cadillac and Mercedes or BMW oh, yeah. and Audi and other European brands and even Lexus, uh, you know, Japanese brands and uh and uh, strangely enough, Genesis that's come out, that graduated from Hyundai. But on the SUV front, which I would argue they probably sell more of than anything else. They sell more Escalades. Right. If I want a luxury SUV, I'm going to go look at a big American thing because part of why I want that is I want it to get around when the weather's crappy. I want it to be able to haul stuff, haul people, tow boats, tow yeah. trailers, and all that other stuff. And nice as the European stuff is and, the, and powerful as some of it may be, I wouldn't expect it to perform mm. like a very – Nice truck. America. And when you get down to it, an Escalade is a very nice truck. True that. I found stupid stories, which I know surprises us all. Uh, <laughs> we all missed out on the double secret conference down in Bentonville, Arkansas, where they're working on flying cars. Oh, no, this yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so Jetsons. No, it's not. No, it's going to be more like Gilligan's Island. No, but... it's not even going to be that. It's going to be like that. <laughs> That awful fifth element or oh, yeah, 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 or, yeah. or maybe even one of the chapters of heavy metal. There's a hundred leaders from well-known high-tech companies, research entities, and even investment firms that got together. What they're kind of trying to start is an air taxi industry. They want a new class of vehicles powered by batteries that are even better than the ones before, and they want them to be autonomous. Kind of like, uh, you know, a, 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 an Amazon delivery drone, oh. except it's a people taxi delivery drone that gets airborne. 
It just sounds, seems like there's so much that could go wrong with that and not enough that could go yeah, wrong. Yeah, isn't it awesome? <laughs> Hang on. Dad's home. <laughs> no tip for you. Yeah. And then uh, the other one that's just real quick, forget horsepower. If you, wanna, if you want a real car, you're going to get pedal power. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's total Flintstone stuff. A Saudi Arabian inventor has commissioned this, a, a Dutch automotive engineering group to put together a car that you can pedal. Now, it's not, you're not actually powering the car per se. It's they'll put bike pedals where the normal pedals should be. And if you want to move forward, forward you got to pedal. If you want to go faster, yeah, you got to pedal faster. I already had one of these. I was three. <laughs> yeah, but and, now it could be in like a Lexus or and, a whatever. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it looked like a Batmobile. And, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, and it was actually probably cooler like than this, this guy's, thing. This guy's never seen a bicycle. Uh, you know, it's, you can travel in luxury, you can travel in the rain, but you can still oh, exercise. It's, it's, it's kind of a whatever, but you know what? I, I got to give him props. It's so stupid. I'm like, you know what? You go, guy. You that, get her done. That, that's that's thinking outside of the box. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but don't. <laughs> no kidding. Coming up next on Road Muscle Radio, Matt Farah. He's a car guru. He's test driven a thousand of the coolest and craziest vehicles, and we'll be chatting with him next, right here on Road Muscle Radio. Welcome back to Road Muscle Radio. This is Brett Hatfield. I'm here with Catfish Groves. And we've got a fantastic guest tonight. We've got a, a guy who's been really kind to me over the last eight months, and I have just pestered the absolute snot out of. And I'm sure he's tired of hearing my voice, but he said he would come on the show. Uh, our guest is Matt Farah. He's a, oh. he's the host and editor of The Smoking Tire. Nice. He's been on uh, Drive on NBC Sports. And uh, Car Guru Extraordinaire, Matt's really well known for his one-take series on the Smoking Tire where he takes people's modified yeah. cars and goes and runs them through the canyons. Oh, dude, I want to hear about that. Uh, he's, he's done some extraordinary stuff. Uh, Matt grew up in Long Island. Long and, Island. And uh, much like me. Read every car magazine he could get his hands on, <laughs> and just like me, Dad gave him a go kart when he was ten, which didn't help, you know, do anything but fan the flames. And uh, ten years ago, he moved to California so he could have year-round sports car weather, and has been doing uh, all this stuff on the smoking tire. Matt, welcome to Road Muscle Radio. Hey guys, how are you? Doing good now. Glad to hear you. Uh, Thank you for that. Uh, that lovely intro although i have to tell you i'm not from long island i'm from the other side of long island sound i'm from greenwich connecticut it's sort of oh. like long island with less hair gel and more juice <laughs> <laughs> my mistake i Wonderbar. apologize it's okay it's only like it's only like seven miles off but it's a big it's a big seven miles it's a big seven yeah <laughs> well it's it, at some point you cross the guido line i'm assuming apparently yeah i i, I did i did and then i lost my hair and now I'm, now I'm back over the other side <laughs> matt had me on the smoking tire back in june and we had a chance to t- discuss being radically colorblind 
uh, had a chance to talk about Corvette interiors and a lot of other stuff. And one of the things we talked about was Matt's Million Mile Lexus. He bought a Lexus a few years oh, back. Oh, we're so close. We're almost there. Yeah. Oh, it's getting very close now. And I ran into uh, two of the people that you let drive that car a little bit. I ran into uh, Anna and Anton in uh, oh, Monterey. Yeah, the Bulgarians. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me what's going on with the Million Mile Lexus. So the quick backstory on that car is I bought it on a whim in Florida with 897,000 miles. Um, what? <laughs> and I bought it for like 1200 bucks. And it was in, you know, okay condition. It had definitely been neglected. I'm the sixth owner of the car. And, you know, if you look at the the, the list of cars that have made it past a million miles, um, typically what you find that they all have in common uh, is not a brand or a specific model, but what you find in common is a, is a single, very fastidious owner. That's kind of the traditional um, model for what it takes to put a million miles on a car. Um, what makes my car interesting is that it was treated like garbage for most <laughs> of the time. Um, that, that's really what's unique about it. Um, and, no, you know, just to, to say that it's made it is, is impressive enough. I mean, the, the one UZ uh, engine, it's an LS 400, and the one UZ, um, the four liter V8, has never been opened. It's never had the valve covers off it. Good Lord. Um, Unbelievable. And, uh, you know, but there has been, you know, a, a lot of maintenance. Uh, it's on its third uh, transmission rebuild. Uh, not since I've had it. I did one of them. Um, but, you know, who knows how many sets of brakes and shocks and tires and, and all that other kind of stuff. I can say that it's, it's now, it, you know, after uh 95 or 96,000 miles under my ownership it's certainly in better shape than when i got it for sure um i have really i don't want to say spared no expense but i have spared very little expense in um in keeping it running and and sort of the game has always been um you know to get it to a million miles i i really felt like the car was so close you know it was at 897 when i bought it and that that really seems close. Uh, that was four years ago. On an 897,000-mile car, what, if, when you buy something like that for 1200 bucks, what is some of the uh, maintenance you should expect now that you've got that experience? For the rest of us out here who are bottom-feeding car buyers, I mean, what all did you have to do? Or is it like what all did you not have to do and then the rest would be easier to figure out? Uh, yeah, I'll take part B. Um, <laughs> I'll take the engine. Aside from changing the oil and the filters, I have not ever had to do anything with the engine. Um, wow. And, you know, that is that is certainly a testament to Lexus's uh, engine design. I mean, that, that one UZ engine is unbelievable, and it, it's needed nothing aside from oil and gas. Um, I've had to do everything else. Um, <laughs> the, the LS400 has a a habit of leaking power steering fluid onto the alternator. So oh. I've been through like two power steering pumps and four alternators. You know, I've done the shocks twice. I've done the brakes three times. I've had to do all of the bushings front and rear. I had to replace the steering rack. 
I had to, um, uh, I mean, it's a lot. I, you know, I bought the car for 1200 and I think I have sixteen or $17,000. Oh my God. What a deal at twice now, the price, I mean, now, you know? Granted, you know, under 20 grand to put 100,000 miles on a mid-90s luxury car isn't exactly horrible, you know, okay. but if you really wanted an LS 400, you could buy a really good one for ten or 11,000 bucks and not have to do half of the crap I've had to do. When you buy a car that's got that many miles on it that was really treated not well by its last two owners, right. you really don't know what shortcuts they've taken. And so, um, and you've I gotten to, to find out find with your a lot wallet. of that the hard way and pay to have it. I'm not a wrench, you know, so I don't, I don't enjoy wrenching. I don't know how to wrench. I never learned really because I just don't enjoy it. So I've had to pay people to diagnose and fix things. And, you know, some people say that disqualifies me from being a car guy, but I'll defend the non wrenches to the death. We no, better things to do. no, 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 that does not disqualify and, you in uh, any way. So look, so right now, you know, I lend it out to my to, to the media first to other members of the media who wrote stories about it, then you know to travel bloggers and whatever, and 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 to fans of my show. And a fan has it right now. Um, and uh, you know, as of this morning, it has uh, eight hundred or sorry, nine hundred and ninety four thousand miles. <laughs> oh my! So close, so close. You're two oil so changes it's, it's away, getting dude. Really close. <laughs> And, you know, he, this particular fan, um, is going to have it until it's at nine ninety nine. Um, he's going to have it until January. And then he's actually going to bring it down to Texas where the new Lexus museum is being constructed. No, uh, the Lexus museum. And we are going to, we're going to cross the finish line, um, you know, at the Lexus museum. Um, even probably after you, in January or February. Even if you have to put 800 miles on a dyno. <laughs> as well, God is my know, witness, we'll roll across. I can drive a lap around. I can do 800 miles in Texas in a day. You know? Oh, true so, that. That's just driving um, to get groceries and but, beer. You know, I'll tell you what. I mean, although there's been a lot of maintenance and there's been, you know, stuff that's broken, you know, the car has never left anyone stranded. In 100,000 miles, it's never left a single person stranded i've never had to use AAA for it ever that's incredible so you know it's a it's a really interesting car and it's it's my cheapest car but it's also probably my most interesting car um and and all the money i've spent on it you know has generated a lot of of organic publicity for my business the smoking tire and there's been hashtags and memes and you know you you You'd have to spend a lot of money to generate the the level of organic, um, you know, chatter that we've that we've gotten about it. So I think uh, as a as a marketing plan, you know, it's it's worked really well. So they're going to put that into the museum. Your million mile Lexus, not permanently, uh, not permanently, but they're going to display it there for a little while uh, while I figure out you know, what the, the next adventure is, you know, whether that means I auction it off for charity on bring a trailer, or there's a couple like other YouTubers who make videos who, who wanted to modify it for in various ways. And, you know, we know I, I don't really care. 
<laughs> what happened? We, we, to it? Uh, Corbin, my, my four years, my work is done. Yeah, there you go, Matt. We had Corbin Goodwin on the show a couple oh, weeks ago. Dude. Give it to Corbin. Oh, yeah. Give it to Corbin. <laughs> He's an adventure. Isn't he? <laughs> yes, he is. We're speaking to Matt Farah, the owner and editor of TheSmokingTire.com and a car guru extraordinaire. I have a, a question for you. You moved from New York to California, mm. uh, and I already know the answer to this, but I just want to hear you say it. Why did you move <laughs> to California, Matt? Sunshine's free and weed's legal. <laughs> 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 I got weeds in my yard if you want to get away. I got dandelions. I got these stupid vines. Come yeah, on over. Not Come what on, he's man. talking about. Not what he's talking about. <laughs> you can even mulch them if you want. No, man. I mean, uh, I'm there you for know, you. That's, that's my sort of half serious. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very true statement. Oh, sure. Um, uh, more so, more so when I moved out here than now. But also, I mean, you know, I was starting uh, an automotive media company, small as it is, and weather matters. You know, oh, I, yeah. I can go out and, Shoot a McLaren 675LT in the middle of January here. You can't do that in New York. And, and budgets w- matter. Little little things add up. Costs are, you know, expensive. But, um, uh, and so, you know, the luxury of, for the most part, not getting rained out, snowed out, you know, that makes sense. California is, is where these things happen. We'll uh, continue talking with Matt Farah coming up next on Road Muscle Radio. We're back with Road Muscle Radio. I'm Catfish Groves with your co-host and the guy who knows the most, Brett Hatfield. And we have a fun, fun guest and uh, 2,000 questions and time for three <laughs> to get with Matt Farah. What you got? Fire him away. Bring it. <laughs> While you're filming all the one takes and it's over a 1,000 cars and the time you've been doing it, it'd be impossible for you yeah. to pick one favorite. So let's ask. Let's go the opposite direction. What was the one that sticks out in your mind for the worst reason? What was the sketchiest car you drove? What was the one you thought you were going to die in? in. (laughs) Well, you know, there's been a couple. There's been a couple ones where I felt lucky to get out of there with my life. Um, (laughs) I recall um, down at Road Atlanta, someone built this sort of um, exoskeleton type car, and. it was based on like a Honda and they basically just cut the whole body off and left an engine and a floor plan, a floor pan and uh, sort of welded a cage like structure. And I, I, I want to emphasize cage like structure because it's decidedly not a cage um, <laughs> onto that. And, you know, in almost, there's a few cars that you can buy right now that are exo type cars. I don't, I don't need to, to crap on anyone specifically, but let me just tell you something. There is almost no level of performance that is worth removing a car's bodywork. Um, <laughs> bodywork and structure are part of a car for a reason. And just because you can remove them does not mean you ever should. Uh, you know, for instance, some of these exo cars. You take the whole body off and you go, well, this thing weighs, you know, 1,200 pounds now and it's got 200 horsepower. And it's like, yeah, but it, it has nothing resembling aerodynamics and you've completely ruined the weight distribution. 
and you've completely ruined how the air flows around the car. And it doesn't matter how much horsepower you have because you hit like an aero wall at 70 miles an hour, you know, and it's <laughs> one thing over. if you wanted to build something that was a dedicated, you know, autocross car, like those lunatics at grassroots motorsports do. Um, but I get a lot of questions from people, uh, about exo type cars. Um, and my answer is always the same, which is, you know, okay, you can get in one, but if you crash, you know, how important is it to you that you survive that crash? It looks like they took dune buggies and made them not cool. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, pretty much, you know, I, you know, I think, I think the aerial Adam really started the, the, the XO type trend. And that thing is certainly, you know, ragged and, and kind of scary and has its own place. Um, but, you know, now there's other companies doing it and just sort of taking cars and removing bodywork. And, um, just don't, I mean, my advice to someone is from someone who's driven a few of them, you know, just, just don't, you know, for the amount of money that you spend on something like that, you know, yeah, yeah get the rest of the car and put a high, high boost engine in it. And at least you have something resembling a structure. Speaking of motorcycle engines and cars, perfect, perfect setup, Matt. One of my favorite one takes was the, uh, the Honda N600 with the VFR mm. 800 yeah. swapped into it. Yeah. And you said you made an offer to the guy. Did you stay in touch with him? Has he given you any indication that might be available? Well, if I was that guy, I wouldn't sell. First off, <laughs> um, you know, I know what that guy. So, so to, to inform the audience, it's a Honda N600 with a Honda VFR 800 V4 uh, motorcycle engine that made, I don't know, like 125 horsepower. The car is very light. It was under 2,000 pounds. And it was it was rear drive. It was not a front wheel drive setup. It was Those are rear drive. And a differential. And it was rear <laughs> drive. Had a sequential gearbox. Paddle shifted. And you know it it sounded like a Formula One car. It revved to twelve thousand or thirteen thousand RPM. And it, it was just a riot. And I know the owner of it was not the builder. The builder was a guy named Dean Williams. He's a local California guy. He's a genius. And and I uh, I know what the guy paid for it. Um, and, uh, cause he bought it on bring a trailer actually. So it was public. Yeah. But, uh, I told him if he ever wanted to sell it to, to please call me first and I would make him a, a fair market offer for it. And a fair market, <laughs> he must be very smart and having a good time. Cause I never heard from him again. He's got my number. If he ever wants to sell it, it looked like it was an exceptional drive though. That looks so much fun. It was, that was an, it was an exceptional drive. If I had to, if I had to point a finger somewhere, the car does not have reverse. So what? Um, you'd have to like Fred Flintstone it in reverse. Yeah, but or you'd it doesn't weigh anything. You could, uh, yeah, you could pick it up. Somebody and- <laughs> makes like a reversing gear of some kind, or or my my theory would have been to put some type of uh, unidirectional electric motor on the axle so that you could you know just hit a button and it would be a reverse. Well, as long as we're um, pulling Honda motorcycle parts off, why don't you just get an electric reverse off a of Goldwing? There you go. <laughs> that that probably that would probably work. Yeah, that would probably work. You know, it kind of looks like a mini that's in an anime cartoon. That's it's a, a it's that's a, a fun looking little yeah, like I mean, a little tiny car. It, it didn't look it didn't look heavily modified from the outside. I mean, it, no. it, it had a nice set of wheels on it, but besides that, the bodywork was pretty subtle. But you could hear that thing from you know a mile <laughs> away. It was it was loud and it, it was it had a pitch to it that was really exceptional. So with the over one thousand one takes you did. And all the cars you got to drive, and a lot of them being seriously quick cars. 
Have you ever been pulled over mm. while you were up there? No. Never. No, no, not not never while filming. No, I, I've never I've never been ticketed while filming, or or I've, I've never had a negative interaction with the police at all while filming. In fact, I, I have I have encountered police uh, while filming, who a lot of them are are car guys or, or gals. Uh, a lot of them have are familiar with my work, um, and typically, if I have an interaction with the police, they're either asking. You know, when I'm driving the new Shelby or when I'm driving the new Camaro or the new Corvette, they always want to know about American cars or, um, you know, or they, they actually thank me for setting a reasonable example. I mean, I know, I know I, I, I can go quick in videos, but you know, if you know the, the area where I drive and you know, and you're familiar with what happens up there on a normal day. I am the last of their problems. I mean, you've got you got lunatics up there, street drifting, you know, <laughs> full le- full leather, you know, guys who think they're in MotoGP, you know, really laying yeah, down. You've got you know, um, <laughs> guys doing donuts in the turnouts, guys crossing double yellows. They think they have X-ray vision. So believe it or not, I mean, even though I may not adhere to the speed limit, you know, I've I've had mostly positive interactions with police where if it's brought up at all. They say, you know, thanks for staying on your side of the road. Yeah, absolutely. I realize it's a pretty low bar, but (laughs) it is a bar. But I've never seen you pass a car against a double yellow in all of the one takes you've done. So that is. Oh, that's a that's a rule. I mean, that's a rule. I mean, and and not just a rule for being on camera. I mean, uh, you know, when I, I'm not I'm not perfect. I'm not a saint. You know, I I believe there's a difference between a, a speed limit and a morally okay thing to do. You know what I mean? And and I don't think on those roads, um, the police or, or people really expect you to adhere to the speed limit. Those roads don't go anywhere. Those roads aren't for anything, you know? And at the time that I go up there, which is when they are at their least busy, um, you know, I, I may go, go kind of quick, but I go, I'm invisible. You know, I think there's a big difference between a car, you know, seeing you, you know, a car is parked on the side of the road and and you might go by a little quick, you know, versus, oh, my God, look at that guy. I'm calling the cops. Yeah. You know, I think there's a there's a moral line. And I think that I think that the people that are involved in the California Canyon culture, for the most part, understand where that line is. You know, you can go quick, but don't do anything that is going to impact somebody else's day. I think you're dead on. I was bragging to Mark about some of the cars in your stable and some of the really cool stuff. And heard you say that you might be parting with your Fox body Mustang. Yeah, I'm selling it next week. It's going on Bring a Trailer on like Monday or Tuesday, I think. Oh, yeah, man. I'm actually, I'm, I'll promote it. I'm actually, I'm actually auctioning it off for charity. Oh, um, oh that's fantastic. I'm doing, I'm doing a 50-50 auction where um, 50% of the total gross sale will go to a charity of the winner's choice. Um, if the winner can't decant or doesn't want to provide a charity i will i will happily provide the charity that i prefer but the winner will get to choose um i i'm i'm thinning out the herd a little bit the mustang is a really cool car i mean it, it's a it was a great project and you know i got on the cover of carcraft magazine it's been speed hunters it's been an automobile um you know it, it's a rad little car but ultimately that mustang is exactly the car i wanted four years ago <laughs> and um, and not really what I'm into right now. I, I'm I'm having a Safari 911 uh, built by Lee Keen. Yeah, I'm waiting to see um, pics of that. Yeah, and so that that'll be done in about five weeks, 
and that's coming home. Oh, cool! Uh, so that's Very cool. Exciting. Well, yeah, and that's gonna that's gonna be my daily driver in LA. And um, I I I I don't want to. I'm not gonna give. I just bought another car, and I'm I'm actually not gonna say what it is. It's a Lexus, um, but I will say that it was it was <laughs> very newer. timely that the issue of sports car market that just arrived um, <laughs> had a feature on it, and oh. um, I'm I'm excited because before I pulled the trigger, I got this lovely magazine from you, Brett, that has comps. Until <laughs> so, <laughs> until the title is signed, I don't want to I don't want to jinx it yet, but um. But thank you for sending me the sports car market because I got some great comp. Uh, we've been talking to Matt Farah of The Smoking Tire. Matt, we've got so much more we want to talk to you about, but unfortunately, we're, we're, out of time. we're just out of time. <laughs> can we ask you back sometime in the not-too-distant future and we can talk about more stuff and anything you've got going on and especially this new car you just bought? Of course. My pleasure. I'm also, I'll plug it, I'm building in Los Angeles a 150-car collector car That's storage right. facility. That's right. Um, right in Playa Vista near LAX and near the beach. Um, it's going to be really, really cool, very high end. Um, and it's, it's really, uh, you know, collector, uh, focused. It'll be the only facility of its kind in West LA. Um, and in some ways it's the only facility like its kind period. Um, nice. and you can email me if you're in LA and want to get on the list, or if you ever come to LA and want to keep a car here, Matt at the smoking tire.com. Uh, we will be open for business in September 19, and I will be taking deposits uh, beginning in May. Coming up next, we'll do Exit Lane Live, and we'll do it a little different this time. We're going to take a bit of a left turn because it's getting cold and there's not that much stuff going on, but there's more different kinds. We'll tell you about it next on Road Muscle Radio. Rocking down the road with Road Muscle Radio. Matt Farah is a guy who knows a lot of stuff and has it. Uh, he's he's got stuff going on. It's so car focused and cool. He's got a ton going on. We wouldn't cover it all if we had him for three shows straight. And that's part of what's so fun about being around him, man. He just has so many fires burning. And it's so smart to create a storage facility for people to store their vehicles. That's something that. Uh, if we have time today, because we've had so much to talk about, it's just been flying. Yeah. But uh, I do want to talk about at some point storing your vehicle. Absolutely. And, and getting it set up right. Haggerty.com has some great articles, by the way. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Right now, we need to see what's going on around town. Get it on the schedule for getting on the road. Check out these car events across Kansas City in Exit Lane Live. Okay, just a little outside of Kansas City, down at Lake Garnett, Kansas, October 12th through the 14th, this is the fifth annual Lake Garnett Grand Prix Revival. They have a track event, autocross showcase, spectator rides, you know, after they run the track event, you can give a little money to charity, get in one of the cars with one of the racers, and go around the track, which is really cool. Uh, tour and cruise, and they're honoring British and sports, uh, British sports and performance marks. Free admission and parking for all spectators. For the full event, event information, visit www.lggpr.org or Road Muscle Radio. 
And you know, by the way, the drive down there is actually really nice. I've been down that way, uh, heading into the southern part of Kansas uh, many times. And on an on an October morning, on a fall morning when it's kind of cool, and sometimes there's the the fog laying across the fields around you, and it just smells great. And oh, if you think I'm not putting the top down on that '63 <laughs> down there, you so crazy, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And here's the uh, the other part about that: I will be down there covering that for Sports Car Market Magazine. No. Yeah, so get paid to go watch guys race. You could ask for worse. Yeah, there there are worse ways to spend the day. Uh, October 27th in Kansas City, Missouri, we've got the first annual Halloween Carnival Trunk or Treat (laughs) show at Chuck's Trucks in the Northland, uh, 5005 Northeast Antioch. It's uh, 10 to 4. Registration is from 9 to 11. Activities begin at 11. Trunk or treat begins at noon. Entry fee is $10 plus one large bag of candy for all cars and bikes. Nice. Not for people. Not for people. Just for the cars and bikes. Well, you know, they get hungry. (laughs) Activity tickets can be purchased for games, food, and activities. Snickers bars, baby. Higher octane. I'm just saying. (laughs) Well, and, you know, you got to sneak a Three Musketeers in there every now and then. Uh, fifty fifty raffles, two dollars a ticket. Awards include best decorated trunk, favorite fan, fan favorite car, fan favorite bike, largest car club attendance. To pre register or contact, uh, to pre register, contact Heather at hheckroot at gmail dot com or Wes at pens. Hockey two ten at gmail dot com or roadmuscleradio.com. I'm going to take a little side trip here because. Uh Car events are starting to wind down. Yeah. I think you've got one, one more that we'll talk about in November. But uh, as they as they start coming to a halt, literally, and we're keeping our babies nice and safe and away from the salt on the roads, there are other ways to get into a vehicle and ride. For example, and we'll talk more about all kinds of different ones around uh, the Kansas City area. I love I love Atchison. And, uh, uh, yeah, neat it's town, a beautiful neat town. town. It's very cool. It's also very haunted. You know, if you're into that kind of thing, they have the Haunted Atchison Trolley Tours. These are going on right now. They go even in a little bit into November, and they have summer trolley tours tour. But right now, it's the haunted one where they they take you past like the Sally House, one of the most haunted houses Ooh. in America. It's been on all kinds of TV shows, etc. And it, it's just a lot of fun. You get a group of friends together, you get on the trolley, and you get rocking and rolling. That's Atchison, Kansas, and a number. Here's the eight hundred phone number. Free call. Free call is good. Cool. 800-234-1854. And we'll talk about more trolley tours as we get into the season. We do have one last car show. Yeah, one last one. And doggone it. I hate to see it come to an end. Yeah. Still driving around with the top down on the Impaler. Still trying to hang on to the last little bit of summer. But November 3rd in Raytown, Missouri, the Raytown Boy Scout Car Show, 5500 Blue Ridge Cutoff. Fourth annual show, it was snowed out in the spring. Uh, dash plaques for the first 50 cars, awards in multiple classes. It's uh, They've got a rain date of November 10th, in case we get rained out on the 3rd. Call Ben at, oh God, that's a brave guy putting his phone number out. Call Ben at 816-918-2684 if you have any questions or look it up on roadmuscleradio.com. Don't worry about Ben. He's a Boy Scout. He's always prepared. Yes, he is. He's ready for the ton of phone calls that are going to come from people hearing this. And one last little thing from me. Uh, there is a November event going on that I'll be attending. It's in Dallas. It's the Leak Auto Auction at uh, the Dallas Market Hall, 2200 North Stemmons Freeway in Dallas, Texas, November 15th through the 17th. 
this is always a fun auction. It's a laid back atmosphere. It's there's always fantastic turnout for this. Lots of good American muscle down there. Also plenty of European stuff. Every now and then I run into Richard Rawlings from Gas Monkey Garage. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, How fun. And I'll be down there covering it for Sports Car Market and American Car Collector magazines. Always a good time. Now, if you could even do that as a kind of a vacation, even if you don't end up buying a car. Uh, I lived in the Dallas area for 10 years, and it was it was fun. If you go down Greenville Avenue, yeah, uh, there's a party every two steps, <laughs> especially on a Friday or Saturday night. And if you want to be real touristy, go down to Dallas Alley. That's in the downtown area. And go have some Gator Tail and, and drink some brewskis and Uber your way back to whatever motel you're at because uh, it's great fun. And, uh, and Dallas is just cool. And the other thing about the Big D, people there still know how to drive to get where they're going. Oh, my God, yes. It's 80 miles per hour, bumper to bumper, no matter what. And they're, they you, the, the ladies use those kind of tall hairdos just as air dams. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I was down there a long time. No, I, I've been in Dallas a couple times, and the rule of thumb seems to be get in the car, throw a brick on the gas, and go like hell. <laughs> and go until you stop. Yeah. You either get there or you don't. I think we'll do this in, in a few chunks. There was an article on Haggerty, uh, Haggerty.com, that I thought was really useful for this time of year. When you're starting to get your classics ready for a bit of storage, you're not going to take them out much, if at all. Uh, the places and things to do. So they, they, it comes in sections. Let's talk about before you store your car, before you put your baby on ice, so to speak, uh, for the winter, you, you're going, you're going to want a dry and dark location, preferably with limited access. That would be cool if at all possible, because you know, you don't want people putting stuff on the car, bumping into it. I think I know where one of those is. You probably have one, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you lucky that I came with, that I found this? Uh, so concrete flooring is, you know, this I didn't actually know because I'm stupid, but concrete flooring is the best at keeping away moisture. Now, if you have to store your car on a dirt floor, place a plastic barrier under the car, put some mm-hmm. plastic down, and place like uh, uh, chunks of carpet or plywood under the tires so it doesn't sink in. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about any of that. Yeah, well, go pull one out of a barn that's been sitting for a long time. Oh, yeah. Have anything underneath There's, it. Yeah, that's all that patina yeah. on your frame and through it. Uh, give the vehicle good wash wax. Make sure it's, if you can have a cover, put one on it, but put on a good one. Vacuum because, all the French fries out of it. Oh, yeah. And fill the fuel tank, preferably with premium, premium add fuel stabilizer. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize how quickly fuel can start uh, uh, turning into varnish. 60 days. Yeah, I had no idea. Uh, and the fuller the tank, the less room there'll be for air, the less quickly that it starts to uh, varnish or even your tank rusts. Check the antifreeze, add air to the tires, check the oil and filter, put it, actually put in new oil because slightly used oil is a little more acidic. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you'll want to go in every occasionally and kind of give it a little start or, or run the stuff around. Put it on a, and also put it on a battery tender. Battery tenders are cheap and they go a long way towards keeping your batteries charged. And that's before storage. So we'll talk about when storing it next time, all right? We're out of time. I am Catfish Groves. I am Brett Hatfield. And we'll catch you down the road at Road Muscle Radio. 